Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. My name is Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's get biblical. Before we begin, of course, I am the non-believing sort of Jew. And I'm the ex-Christian. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not appropriate for children. And uh, this episode in particular has a lot of material about sexual assault, so be warned. So if that's not your jam, hey, hit the road. Maybe take a walk. Get familiar with a good friend of ours we like to call Mother Nature. (laughs) Have a glass of water. Mm -hmm. Just do what you need to do. Usually I read the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And I usually read the New International Version, or NIV. But that's not important, and we shouldn't have told it to you. Because today we're doing an apocryphal book. What does that mean? It means it was unearthed. From deep beneath a religious black site somewhere in the in the beehive state of Utah, of course. And uh, and that book is called The Acts of Paul or The Acts of Paul and Thecla. Mm-hmm. So are you ready for some fast facts? Uh, baby, I'm as ready as I've ever been in my whole so, fucking life. In the canonical New Testament, we covered the book of Acts. Full name, Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good ep. We had T.T. Lockwood on. Everybody loved it. Um, <laughs> but there are a lot of books in that same style that didn't make it into the New Testament mm. um, that are called the Acts of blank. Sure. So the Acts of John, the Acts of Thomas, etc. And this week we're looking at the Acts of Paul and Thecla. And this was all apocryphal stuff to feed everybody's hunger for miracle literature. Yes. And... um. This is kind of a unique apocryphal book in that we think we know kind of a lot about its origins. What? Um, Not, we don't know for 100% sure, but, so imagine it's the year 200. Okay. And there's this church father named Tertullian. Mm, Okay. I don't know if he's an actual turtle. Mm, I assume so. um, But he's very powerful and influential in a lot of the things that he writes become official Catholic doctrine that is passed down to today. Okay. So he's what we call proto-Orthodox. So he's some sort of big turt on the scene. Yeah, big turt. Um, his main deal is that he hates women mm-hmm. and he hates heresy. Well, I mean, who doesn't? So he spends a lot of time going after anyone who says that women should be allowed to have any authority in the church. Mm-hmm. And also anyone who disagrees with his view about, you know, the Trinity or the divinity of Jesus or whatever. Okay. Um, so he wrote this treatise about baptism that we still have copies of. And it's about how women should not be allowed to perform baptism. And in it, he talks about this book, the Acts of Paul, specifically the parts about Thecla, um, and how people are using it as a justification for women performing baptism and having authority in the church. I see. Um, and he says that this book, although it claims to be written by Paul or somebody who was present or whatever, was actually forged by a church elder somewhere in Turkey who had uh, actually been been dragged to church trial and, and pled guilty to the church crime of forging this document. Mm, um, of church fake. And he said he did it, quote, for the love of Paul. So basically like... To honor and record Paul's theological views. So this is f- religious fanfic. Yes. And basically was like put on trial for being such. Mm. Um, and and the guy who wrote it thought that this was like that he was doing a good thing um, and like spreading Paul's views. Uh, probably he was recording lots of oral traditions, like stories that were being commonly passed around. Mm-hmm. He didn't probably make it up himself. Or he probably made up some details, but, um, and of course we don't know, it's possible that, you know, a big turt could have just made this up to prove a point or, you know, this guy could have been forced into a false confession or whatever. But, sure. Um, we know it's not actually written by Paul, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So we don't have the entire book, but we do have the entire part about Thecla. Um, and then we have like a large fragment about Paul 
And then also a letter called Third Corinthians. Oh, that sounds fun. Which is a fake epistle <laughs> from Paul to the Corinthians, uh, which we're not even going to touch because two Corinthians was more than enough. Mm-hmm. So should we get into this this first little fragment about Paul? Yeah. So it's basically an account. So we only have the very end of this story, it yes. seems like. So there was a whole fake book of the Acts of Paul. Probably pretty similar to the book of Acts because that's largely about Paul. Yeah. But um, at the end of it, he ends up in Rome, sort of like he does in Acts. Conf- yeah. Confusingly. Because also like he did in Acts, he uh, somebody fell out of a window while he was preaching and died. Mm-hmm. And he brought them back to life. In this version, it's not because the guy was bored, <laughs> but uh, because Satan got jealous of the love of the brethren mm-hmm. and pushed him out the window. So Paul is in Rome. Um, and because of this particular miracle where he brings this dude back from the dead, Mm -hmm. some of Nero's top generals convert to Christianity. Yeah. Well, because this guy who he brought back was the cupbearer to Nero. Right. And so Nero's like, what the fuck? Which is like a professional drinking buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Who brought you back from the dead? And he's like, oh, it was Jesus and I'm a Christian now. Mm -hmm. And then like a bunch of Nero's other dudes are like, oh yeah, we're also Christians now. And so then he has them tortured and orders all Christians executed like you do. Yeah. Um, so he rounds up all Nero rounds up all the Christians. Um, they find Paul and everybody's like, Paul's the main dude. Like Paul is basically Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul's like, if you strike me down now, I'll only grow stronger like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like super impressed that he's willing to die for his cause. And he's like, no, it's like no problem, because like when I die, I'm going to have eternal life through Christ Jesus. So it's, but not only that, he's going to come back and visit Nero yeah. and just spook him a and little like bit. haunt him. Yeah. yeah. Which is not like a Christian thing to do. Right. Yeah. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't be using your gift of eternal life to haunt people. That's not that's anywhere what a go- else. That's what a spooky goose does. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge. Hey. Hey. Everybody. Hey. I'm no expert on either goosts or Christians. However. I know that if you act like a spooky goose and you're saying you're because you're a Christian, not good. There's something weird there. Mm-hmm. There's something strange in your neighborhood. That's right. Uh, so they do it. They behead Paul, uh, but instead of blood, milk comes out. Yeah, super creepy. Um, and then everyone's like, "Ooh, I think we might have fucked up on this one." This one's this one has milk in it. <laughs> I don't think that's a good sign about <laughs> what we're doing. Um, and then they go tell Nero about you know the miracle of the milkman mm-hmm. and uh, uh, old milk Paul. <laughs> and then of course. Paul has magically resurrected and he just strolls up and he's like, hey, what's up? Told you that God would make me alive again. And then uh, Nero releases the Christian prisoners. Uh, More people convert to Christianity. Hurrah, hurrah. And Nero eventually dies as all mortal men do. Alas. A tragic end to every story. Um, And then so that's one fragment. That's the first fragment. Um. And then we're just going to jump. We have no idea what's in between there. It's lost to history. Uh, But we're going to jump forward in time. And Paul is traveling to a city called Iconium Mm. uh, after his escape from Antioch, it says. I don't know what happened in Antioch. But we do know that he had a big fight with Peter about circumcision in Antioch. We Mm. read that last week in Galatians. We did. Uh, So perhaps he had to escape from that situation. Um, And he's got a couple... Traveling buddies with him? He's got a couple of dweebs with him is what he's got. Named Demas and Hermogenes. Yeah. Hermogenes, of course, the coppersmith, as you're all familiar with. Oh, yeah. You all know about the coppersmith, Hermogenes. And uh, these two dudes are, quote, filled with hypocrisy. <laughs> and they act like they're Christians, but they're really just posers. Yep. So they reach Iconium. Why Paul is hanging out with them, it's a little unclear. I, yeah, I don't really get it's like, it. It's like Paul suffers their hypocrisy. Yeah. But, it seems know. like they're just kind of like tagging along and he's like, whatever, I'm here to preach about Jesus. Maybe they're paying for the trip. Who knows? They reach Iconium and um, there's this guy, Onesiphorus, who like runs the church there. The church meets at his house. Mm. Um, and, you know, he comes out to greet them and he invites them to stay at his house. Um, actually, he just invites Paul and then Demas and Hermogenes are, are like, well, why aren't you inviting us? And he's like, you can come too. I was just, it's not a big deal. We're Christians. <laughs> um, you should know this. So they go to Onesiphorus' house and Paul starts delivering this sermon that's like 
a fucked up Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, it's like the Sermon on the Mount combined with like the purity ring with like severe sex phobia. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of being like blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, it's like blessed are those who have kept the flesh chaste for they will become a temple of God. Blessed are those who have wives as though they had them not for they shall be made angels of God. Blessed are those who are self-controlled for God will speak to them. Blessed are the bodies of virgins for these will be pleasing to God. Getting a little creepy there. And next door is one of those virgin bodies. Mm -hmm. And her name is Thecla. And she can hear Paul preaching but can't see him. And she just sits at her window day and night, completely transfixed, just listening to Paul. And she won't respond when people talk to her. I think it's implied that she's not like eating or sleeping. She's not. She's just sitting there at the window. Um, And her mom gets very concerned about this and calls the girl's fiance yes a fellow named thamaris thamaris or thamaris she the mom considers this to be extremely slutty behavior (laughs) and the crazy thing is that she's right (laughs) okay because thecla is fucking hot for preacher here a hundred percent she's hot for preacher yeah so the fiance comes in Thamiris or Thamaris. And Theoclea. That's her mom. It's like Thecla, but with more letters. Mm -hmm. Says, I have something very strange to tell you. Thecla, for the space of three days, will not move from the window, not so much as to eat or drink, but is so intent in hearing the artful and delusive discourses of a certain foreigner that I am completely astonished. Yeah. And she's like, look, this other guy is like seducing your virgin with his deceitful words. He's seducing her. Into not having sex. It's anti-seduction. The worst seduction of all. My daughter Thecla, like a spider's web fastened to the window, is captivated by the discourses of Paul and attends upon them with prodigious eagerness and vast delight. And so the fiancé, like, tries to talk to her, but she just ignores him, keeps staring out the window. So he goes downstairs and he sees two men arguing on the street. And he's like, hey, guys. Uh, what's up with that guy in there telling women not to have sex with their husbands and uh, fiancés, might I add? The two men are, of course, Demas and Hermogenes, the, the posers. The stupid dweebs he rode into town with, yeah. And they instantly sell Paul out. Yes. <laughs> um, And they're like, like, I don't know who he is, but he's in there uh, really fucking things up for men and just telling women like not to have sex with anyone. So Thamiris and these two dudes go off to like, plot a betrayal of paul yeah and i love, immediately invites them over to his house He's i like, love the way they describe this this plotting meeting because yeah. they come over and they just get trashed yeah <laughs> they have like a huge feast and drinking yeah and carousing and like they're like oh we're gonna get this guy we're gonna bring him down um and their their plot is like okay you just gotta go tell the governor castilius that paul is a christian because that's real bad right now and so he's gonna put him in jail or execute him or whatever Clearly, they don't know about Paul's milk blood. Milk neck, yeah. Yeah, his milk neck. Uh, so the next day, the fiance, Thamiris, riles up this big crowd. And he's like, uh, you know, this this evil magician is bewitching our women to not want to have sex with us. Not for the usual reasons that we're just like really bad at sex and like <laughs> don't believe women can have orgasms or whatever. So this big mob gathers and they bring Paul to the governor. And Paul is like, look, I'm just preaching the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, who said, pleasure is a sin and sex is dirty and bad. (laughs) And the governor, apparently, he's like, hmm, I need to consider this. This is supposed to be an echo of Pontius Pilate. Yeah. So he or, or also like the um. Uh, the the party pig in Acts mm-hmm. who locks Paul up. Yes. And is like, mm, has, I need to hear more. Just invites him to dinner every night and has yeah. conversations. Yeah. So he has him locked up, uh, quote, until he had greater leisure to listen to him more carefully. Mm. This, this no sex thing, it sounds crazy, but what if it's so crazy that it just might work? But after Paul is locked up in the night, 
Thecla took off her earrings and gave them to the turnkey of the prison, who then opened the doors to her and let her in. Whoa, yours has earrings? Mm-hmm. Mine says that she gave, it says she bribed um, like her household guards with her bracelets and then bribed the jailer with a silver mirror. Well, then when she made a present of a silver looking glass to oh, the okay. jailer, she was allowed to go into the room where Paul was. Got it. So she, yeah, so she bribes her way into the jail. And she sits down at Paul's feet and listens to him preach and, quote... This is the first time that she's seen him. Yes. And it says, quote, Thecla's faith increased as she was kissing Paul's bonds. Mm -hmm. Also, she sat down at his feet and heard from him the great things of God. Oh, and we know, well, feet in the Old Testament certainly meant something else. Mm -hmm. New Testament, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out either. Um, and certainly like, okay, so she's kissing his like handcuffs. Mm-hmm. That is not. That's kinky as hell. Yeah, that's not like, there's no way to spin that that doesn't have at least some element of sexuality to it. Mm. So then when, when Thecla's mom and fiance figure out where she is and go to the jail, um, they find her, quote, in a manner of speaking. Bound together with Paul in affection. What does that mean? I don't know. In a manner of speaking? And then they have Paul brought before the governor and everyone's like, you know, whatever, like kill this chastity wizard. But Thecla is not there because she's, quote, rolling around on the place where Paul had been teaching while sitting in the jail. Rolling around. Mm hmm. This is wild. This is not like anything we've seen in the Bible before. Well, it's not in the Bible. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But it was uh, in the oral tradition of Christians, Mm. early Christians, and in a written version that was widespread. Mm. Um, So they they drag Thecla into the courtroom and she won't say anything. She just stares at Paul um, until her own mother (laughs) screams, direct quote, Burn the lawless one. Burn the one who will not be a bride. Burn her in the midst of the theater. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. The young men and women brought wood and straw for the burning of Thecla, who, being brought naked to the stake, exhorted tears from the governor, who was surprised to see the greatness of her beauty. Not it, not that, you know, it's a shame to just burn this woman for literally no reason, but... It's because really, she's beautiful. It's, it's really like, a problem. That's a real tragedy. It's a real tragedy, but he's going to go through with it anyways. Uh, and when they had placed the wood in also, order. Also, Paul has been flogged and, and ejected from the city. He's free. Well, but flogged. <laughs> well, he brags about the flogging. He gets off on it. Yeah, he does get off on it. We know that from every other book of the Bible. Um, yeah, so there. So the crowd is gathered around for a good old fashioned steak burning. And when they had placed the wood in order, the people commanded her to go upon it, and she did so, first making the sign of the cross. Then the people set fire to the pile. Though the flame was exceeding large, it did not touch her, for God took compassion on her and caused a great eruption from the earth beneath and a cloud from above to pour down great quantities of rain and hail, so that by the rupture of the earth, very many were in great danger and some were killed, but the fire was extinguished and Thecla preserved. So the storm is so heavy. Now, this is Old Testament stuff where, like, just to save one person, you kill a bunch of other randos. I will also say that before they start the fire, um, it says that Thecla is just looking, she just keeps looking around trying to find Paul in Mm. the crowd. And it says that the Lord appeared in the crowd as Paul. And she's like, oh, there he is. But then he, quote, departed into heaven. Mm -hmm. So this is very mysterious to me. Like, why does God appear as the object of her, like, sexual fixation? Well, it's it's not only sexual. It's sexual religious. Okay. So even if we said it's religious, why does he appear and then leave? Well, money's in the chase, baby. Okay. Okay. So she survives the burning. Meanwhile, Paul is hiding out in an open tomb outside of town. Yeah, real reputable. With uh, with Onesiphorus, the guy who uh, like runs the church there, and his whole family, and they're like fasting and mourning and like praying for Thecla. What a great vacation for the kids! Eh? I know. And it says after six days, like the kids get hungry. 
<laughs> like, you, oh, yeah, we just didn't feed the kids for six days. We've just been hanging around in this dusty old. In a tube. Like corpse cave. Yeah, this is like yeah. normal for kids. Uh, so Paul sends one of the kids into the into town to get bread. And when the kid is in the bread store or whatever. The bread store? <laughs> whatever. It's a bakery, the, traditionally okay. called. He's in the bakery. And he sees Thecla. And he's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, I thought you were dead. And Thecla's like, yeah, like, I survived the fire. And I'm looking for Paul. <laughs> and the kid is like. Dude, no problem. Like, he's out there mourning for you right now. So he brings her back to the extremely cool and normal open tomb mm-hmm. uh, where, where they're staying. Everybody, including a family, is just hanging out in this grave. <laughs> and Paul is, like, actually kneeling there praying for Thecla when she arrives. And he's praying for her to be delivered from the fire. Um, and she walks up and cries out, Father, maker of heaven and earth, father of your beloved child, Jesus Christ, I bless you because you have saved me from the fire that I might see Paul. Mm-hmm. So everyone's real happy. They're eating their bread that the kid brought. It says they also have vegetables and water. Yeah. So they're living it up. Then Thecla said to Paul, if you be pleased with it, I will follow you wherever you go. He replied to her, persons are now given much to fornication and you being handsome, I'm afraid you might meet with greater temptation than the former one. And would not withstand it, but be overcome. Whoa, whoa, wait. Does yours not have her cutting off her hair? Mm, if it's in between those lines, it doesn't. It, in mine, she says, let me cut off my hair and follow you wherever you go. No, mine doesn't say that. Interesting. I mean, that's a very clear indication of giving up temptation. Well, not very clear, but like based on what we know about what Paul and the yeah. early Christians thought about ladies' hair. Yeah, she's like... I'm not going to be like a woman. I'm right. going to be like a man. Yeah. Um, although isn't... Paul is really not okay with women cutting their hair, according to First Corinthians. But, um, but yeah. So he thinks that she's too pretty to be his follower, and because she, she's going to give into temptation. Yeah, because she'll be too. It's tempted implied to have with sex. him. Oh, with him. I think so. I mean, like she's been hunting him down. She's Clearly... given up, up everything in her entire life. To follow this guy. I mean, clearly that's what she wants. She definitely is obsessed with Paul. But I didn't know if Paul. Read that. Yeah. Read that situation. I didn't know if he was just like, eh, you're too pretty. Someone's going to have sex with you. I don't want to baptize you. Because like. I, I assumed. I assumed that, that what he is saying is like, you know, I was concerned about asking you to follow me because I thought you might want to sleep with me. And you Which know, she 100% does. Mm. Um, she, and she says like, why don't you just baptize me? Um, cause then I'll be like, you know, a magic Jesus person and I won't have any temptation. <laughs> and he's like, no, you have to wait. And I don't understand why. <sighs> wait with patience and you shall receive the gift, gift of Christ. I don't know why either. Um, cause he's, isn't he like out in the world, like baptizing whoever will say yes. Yeah. And who will come to the supper or whatever. Yeah. Except for Thecla. Oh. Interesting. Sounds like there might be twists and turns afoot in this story. Hmm. Should we take a break and then examine these twists and turns? I would love to. You're going to hear some music and we'll be back in about a minute. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we are talking about the Acts of Paul and Thecla, an apocryphal Bible book that the church didn't want you to read. Mm -hmm. This is actually very literally like... The church didn't want you to read this Yeah. One. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, yes, of course, it was buried deep beneath that mountain. Of course, we had to engage in a complicated heist. And Big Turt is the one who put it there. Mm -hmm. You know, history classes won't tell you that the church father Tertullian knew about Utah, but he did. He did. The Mormons were right. <laughs> yep, that's what Mormons believe. So anyway, uh, when we left off, Thecla had miraculously survived burning at the stake, and she wanted to follow Paul, but Paul didn't want her to because he was afraid that she was too slutty and would have sex with him or somebody else. It's unclear. Mm -hmm. She's too hot to be baptized. Yeah. She would literally boil the she water. She would just boil the water. So he does take her with him to Antioch. Yep. Um, but as they're entering the gates of Antioch. Just as Paul predicted, <laughs> a rich man falls intensely in love with her on first sight. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's like this important citizen guy. Uh, mm -hmm. His name is Alexander. And he immediately starts offering Paul money to have sex with Thecla. And Paul just says, I don't know her, and walks away. And just leaves her to fucking fate. Yeah, and he, uh, Alexander that is, seizes her in the street and kissed her, which Thecla would not bear, but looking about for Paul, cried out in distress and said, Force me not who am a stranger, force me not who am a servant of God, I am one of the principal persons of Iconium and was obliged to leave that city because I would not be married to Thamiris. Yeah. So basically, he's trying to rape her like in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. And like fucking Paul. Paul just jets. Paul's just like, out. So concerned. Like his whole like deal in Iconium, like his entire sermon was about like women not giving into lust and maintaining their chastity. But then when someone's about to get raped, he's like, eh, I don't care. Um... But he says, but he says also, blessed are those who have wives, but act as though they don't. So, I mean, isn't that supposed to be a condemnation of, of like male lust as well? Yes. Yes. But, it's a condemnation. So he's of, just, he's being the hypocrite here by just like being like, well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess this Alexander guy isn't a Christian. But like, Paul should be preventing this from happening. And Paul he should be protecting his goddamn flock. He absolutely has the power to prevent it from happening because Alexander thinks that he's in charge mm. and he's like, no, I'm not in charge and just leaves her. Yeah. Um, and so as she's yelling at Alexander and like, um, she like, she like physically fights back. Following good Old Testament protocol where if you you're have in a to city, yell. if you're in a city, you have to yell. Otherwise it doesn't count as rape. Mm -hmm. um, and as she's physically fighting back, she kind of like rips his mantle and also pulls the crown off his head because apparently he was wearing a crown. She made him appear ridiculous before all the people. Yes. And so he's humiliated. And so he brings her to court for sacrilege because as she was trying not to get raped in public in broad daylight, she called on God to help her instead of like fucking Zeus or whatever. Mm. Zeus would be the last person you would want to call on if you were getting raped. Like, he'd probably be too busy, like, raping someone else to come <laughs> help you. Like, in the form of a fucking bird or whatever. Anyway, she is found guilty of sacrilege. Hey, Zeus served his time. <laughs> you can't... I mean, like, doesn't... Don't people deserve a second chance? Uh, absolutely not. Zeus... Zeus has demonstrated no remorse. I know. Yeah. Repeat offender. That was a joke about a god. Don't worry. Um, so she's found guilty and she is sentenced to be torn apart by wild beasts. Of course, the classic sentence yes. in the case of all rape victims. Um, well, of of Christians. Blasphemy of Christians. Okay. Yeah. Oh. This was like a thing in the Roman Empire at the time, apparently in real life, not just in stories, that uh, Christians could be just sentenced to be killed by wild beasts. One thing it must have done, though, and we'll talk about this in a, in a couple of minutes when we get to the actual beast scenes. It must have kept that animal taming and tending business, like, robust yes. and fruitful. Yes. Like, that was an industry that existed for that was this an one purpose. And you have to imagine when the Romans, like, lost their empire started to crumble, all these animal tamers and tenders were like, the good times are coming to an end. Yeah, because they We're going to have to get real jobs now. Like, they had to transition then to, like, 
Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. and like talkies and like nobody knew how to do that. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a damn shame. Um, it's a lost generation of entertainment. In any case, um, a, a very interesting part of this story is that the women who are present at Thecla's sentencing, um, it says they, quote, were astonished and cried out before the judgment seat, a wicked judgment, an unholy judgment, because they're like, um, he was trying to rape her. Why is she the one getting punished? Um, so this rich lady who's like a prominent, uh, another prominent citizen and a How relative, prominent? a relative of the Emperor Nero. That's quite prominent indeed. She takes Thecla in for like the one night that like before she gets eaten by yeah, Thecla's on Thecla's on bail or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's actually weirder than that. It's because she she appeals to like. I don't want my chastity to get ruined during this one night. So it's like, I guess implied that if she's in jail, she'll get raped. Mm. Um, but so they let her stay with this, this woman. Uh, her name is Trifaina. Mine is Trifina. Oh, okay. Let's go with Trifina then. Trifina is much easier probably to just say. A weird spelling. Um, and so Trifina had this, had previously had a daughter named Falconilla. Falconilla. Um, who had died. And Falconilla appears to her in a vision and tells her to help Thecla. This is awesome, by the way. Yes. Like This story is incredible. Yes. It's got so much drama and pathos built into it. She's got a dead daughter. Yes. And this young woman appears out of nowhere who is in trouble. And who has been like disowned by her own mother who wanted to burn her at the stake for not having sex with her fiance. So the, the literary aspects of this are off the charts. Yes. Especially compared to any of the Pauline epistles. Definitely. So, morning arrives. And to kill Thecla, they tie her to a lioness. But the lioness, of course, just licks her feet. Mm-hmm. You know, lionesses, as as we've discussed on this podcast, do all the hunting while the male lions just sit there. So, I bet this lioness was probably like... Unjust judgment. Like, you know? men are trash. Like, yeah. I know how you <laughs> <Yeah>. feel. <laughs> but it's also implying that the lioness is a Christian... Because what you do is you wash the feet of your fellow Christians. Yes. And the women in the city are like, look, like this is fucked. Like our justice system is so fucked up <laughs> that even like nature rejects our rulings, you know, mm-hmm. like a lion doesn't recognize our rulings because they're so unjust. So eventually they realize like this isn't going to happen and they untie her and bring her back to Trifina's house. Um, Trafina calls her her second child and, uh, she stays with her another night. The next day, fucking Alexander, the guy who tried to rape her, comes to take her away. Like, that's who they send. Like, that's an appropriate person to send. Like, imagine if you're, like, you're in a fucking court case and, like, the person who wins gets to just, like, go over to the person who loses houses at, or house and say, like, oh, yeah, death penalty now. Come on. Uh, Trifina, however, tells him to fuck off so hard that he runs away. Mm-hmm. But then they send soldiers and and take Thecla away to the stadium um, where she's going to be killed by wild animals in front of a stadium. Mm-hmm. And um, the crowd in the stadium seems to be divided along gender lines. So the men are rooting for Thecla to die and the women are rooting for her to live. So they shove her into the stadium, wearing only an undergarment for maximum humiliation, I guess. Um, maximum, you know, got to get something in there for the boys. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Got to get those ratings up. This is what this is. Now, this is a Bible. Now we're talking about. Nobody wants to see a woman get killed by animals unless there's some nudity. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a basic cable Bible. right? Just basic cable Bible. Um, they release a bunch of lions and bears to attack her. Immediately, a lioness comes over and lies down at her feet to protect her. Mm. Um, here, I'm going to read directly from the text, which I remind you was written by a church elder around the year 200 and not by a third grader. Are you ready? A bear ran up to attack her, but the lioness ran up, met the bear, and ripped him apart. Then, a lion owned by Alexander and trained to fight humans ran up to attack her. It was awesome. It was like, 
Pew, pew, pew. Machine gun noises. Machine yeah. gun noises. Explosion. Explosion. You're dead. You didn't shoot me. Yes, I did. You didn't shoot me. Uh, so then the lioness, the lioness attacks the bear and they fight and they both die. Mm. So now she doesn't have the lioness to protect her. Um, as all this is happening, the women in the crowd are all cheering when things go Thecla's way mm. and, and wailing in grief when they don't. And Trophina, when uh, the people are crying out for blood, Trophina is so caught up with her new surrogate daughter's plight that she says, Let the whole city suffer for such crimes, and order all of us, O governor, to the same punishment, O unjust judgment, O cruel sight. Others said, Let the whole city be destroyed for this vile action. Kill us all, O governor, O cruel sight, O unrighteous judgment. Now that's a Bible. That's a Bible. This is a Bible boy. Okay, then we get to, I think, probably like the weirdest part of many weird parts. Yes. Which is that uh, Thecla sees a huge vat of water. So during this time, she's just like standing and praying while all these animals are like circling around her but not attacking. Um, And when she finished praying, she turned about and saw a pit of water and said, now is a proper time for me to be baptized. Now that's a fucking action movie line. Yeah, she's like... Oh, nice. She's like, somehow that idiot Paul was right (laughs) that the time would come and I would know the time that I needed to be baptized. So she shouts, in the name of Jesus Christ, on this final day I am baptized. And she jumps into the vat of water. She baptizes herself. She baptizes herself. Not even Jesus baptized himself. That's true. So (laughs) what she doesn't know (laughs) is that the vat of water... Is full of seals <laughs> because apparently mine describes them as sea calves. Sea calves in in this stadium where they make you fight wild animals. They decided that they needed like a representative from the aquatic realm and put a big tub of man eating seals in the stadium mm. along with the lions and the bears. Sounds adorable. Um, and so the women in the crowd all, all start wailing, and it says. Even the governor began to weep because seals were about to devour such a beauty. <laughs> Something we can all relate to. Like, mm-hmm. It's we, just really sad when seals devour a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if she's an uggo, then it's like, whatever. Yeah. Seals got to eat. Yeah. But, you know. But when seals in an above ground pool eat a beautiful woman, it's just a huge tragedy that everyone can recognize. Uh, of course, however... A bolt of lightning comes from the heavens and kills all the seals, uh, but not Thecla because probably the guy who wrote this didn't understand that water conducts electricity. And uh, then a cloud of fire surrounded her so that the beasts could not attack her. And and the people could not see her nakedness. No one could see her naked. I guess she took off the undergarment to jump into the pool. Or maybe it's just like wet. It's like a see-through wet Yeah, that wouldn't pass the the haze code. Yeah, Yeah, fair. Um, at this point, the women in the crowd start throwing spices and perfume into the ring, Mm -hmm. just throwing nard and cardamom in there. Some of them scattered spike nard, others cassia, others amomus, others ointment. And, uh, for some reason, this causes all the wild beasts to fall asleep. So, but then Alexander. But but that's, that's supposed to be the, the weaponization of the thing that, of, of the women's domain. Yes. You know, like only the woman would have that much, like spice and ointment available (laughs) and that was the only weapon that could have uh, saved thecla at the time and it's also you know like what that woman poured on jesus that's right jar nard Mm -hmm. gotta get that nard retirement nard so alexander starts freaking out um who wouldn't at this point and he's like okay i have um these really like mean bulls so let's tie her to the bulls. Um, and then they'll like rip her apart. So they do. I'm not sure what happened to the cloud of fire. I guess it abated at some point. And they. Oh, yeah. Your discount clouds of fire will dissipate in roughly <laughs> three to five minutes. So they tie her to the bulls. And then it says they burn the bulls genitals with red hot irons. Mm-hmm. So they'll like trample her. Standard practice. Um, 
and they do start to uh, start to to trample. However, magic fire burns away her handcuffs, mm. and uh, she evades the bulls safely. Um, at this point, Trafina faints. People think she might be dead. And well, so, in the text of mine, it says she fainted away and died. Oh, okay. Mine just says she fainted and people think she's dead. That makes more sense because if she didn't die here, then in a moment when she comes back. <laughs> yeah, because it never says she like comes back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, so what's important is that Alexander thinks she's dead mm. and he knows that she's a relative of Nero. And he's like, I don't want Nero asking questions about this. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, shit, like, please, like, help me protect me i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do and the governor is like has been like getting increasingly impatient with him you know like when he suggested the bulls the governor was like it says the governor like sighed and was like whatever you want to (laughs) do and so at this point he just calls thecla over and he's like okay like what's your fucking deal like why won't these animals eat you (laughs) and thecla why won't these animals eat you and she's like oh um it's because I'm a Christian and I believe in the one true God and his son, Jesus. And the governor's like, oh, OK, that seems to be working for you. Uh, I'm just going to let you go. And uh, then it says, like, she goes back to Trafina's house. Who's alive? And that's the part where I was so confused in mind because Trafina was fine. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, it's like a fragmentary thing or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't whatever. Know. Anyway. Um, so... Thecla is at Trevina's house and she's like teaching her all about Jesus and everything's great. But soon she remembers her fucked up sexual fixation on Paul. Mm-hmm. And she starts trying to find him, even though A, he wouldn't fucking baptize her. And B, he left her alone in the street, literally as someone was trying to rape her. Mm-hmm. So she hears he's in a city called Myra. So she dresses as a man and shows up in Myra. Only now she has an entourage. And uh, Paul's like, what the fuck? I didn't expect to see you again, especially not with all these followers. And she's like, don't worry. I'm not horny for you now. I'm only horny for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then she goes back to her hometown, uh, Iconium. Her fiance has died conveniently. her mom is still alive, and it says she tries to convert her her mom to Christianity, but doesn't say if she's successful or not. She's not successful. Oh, okay. Because she asks her mom, she's like, do you want your daughter back? If you want your daughter back, all you have to do is accept Christ. But eventually, it doesn't work. Oh, her, it just, for, for mine, it like had her asking that, and then it just says, and then later she went to Seleucia. It's, it's a no deal. It's okay. a no deal situation. Okay. And um, you have, I have the feeling that her... Mom was mourning the loss of her fiance more than yeah. the loss of her daughter. Yeah. The mom probably had a crush on the fiance, do you think? This story is above all about like sexual displacement. It is. So maybe the mom like had a thing for the fiance. I mean, that would make the most sense. But I mean, like, if like you look her at her husband actions, is dead. Her her husband is dead and she does her best to try and like get her daughter out of the way. Yeah. Once she can't use her as like a sexual uh foil. Yeah. Or like a sexual substitute, substitute, or something. yeah, not a foil necessarily. Um, in any case, uh, Thecla continues to a city named Seleucia, mm. uh, where it says she like enlightens a bunch of people and like teaches them about Jesus and converts them. Uh, and then eventually she grows old and dies. So in yours, it just sort of peters off like that. Yeah. Well, in mine, there's another story in Seleucia. Wait, really? Yeah, where. She is teaching in Seleucia. And in fact, she's not just teaching, but she is drawing women out to live a monastic life with her. And okay. Not only that, but she's curing wounds and she's teaching people how to cure. Like, mirac- mine does not have this. Miraculously healing wounds. And the doctors in Seleucia become jealous. I mean, who wouldn't? Well, doctors would. Insomuch that the physicians of Seleucia were now of no more account and lost all the profit of their trade because no one regarded them. This so filled them with envy that they began to contrive what methods to take with this servants of Christ. So the yours yours seriously didn't have this. No, I have. This I story don't know is anything that you're talking fucking about. crazy. So really? I'm gonna, yeah, oh my I'm god! Tell you about this. The doctors are basically like we have to find a way to strip her of her magical powers. That's the only way we can 
get our market share back. Okay. And they don't know much about Christ, but they know... They don't know much about geometry. Mm -hmm. They know that Thecla is a virgin. Uh Uh-huh. And they assume that because they are familiar with, like, Greek and Roman cults of virginity, that Uh that must be the source of her power. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it kind of is. It sort of is. Uh, It's related to her power, I guess. Yeah, well, anyway. It's related. But what they come up with is basically hiring a bunch of thugs uh-huh. to take her virginity, uh-huh. thereby depowering her and preventing her from miracling anymore. Okay. The devil then suggested bad advice to their minds on a day they met to consult. They reasoned among each other thus. The virgin is a priestess of the great goddess Diana, and whatever she requests from her is granted because she is a virgin and is therefore beloved by all the gods. Let us procure some rakish fellows. Rakish fellows! And after we have made them sufficiently drunk and given them a good sum of money, let us order them to go and debauch this virgin, promising them, if they do it, a larger reward. So these rakish fellows go up to... Rapish fellows, more like. I agree. To Thecla's sort of like mountainside monastic... Villa. Villa. And they knock on the door uh-huh. and they say, hey, is it there anyone here named Thecla? And Thecla's like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, hey, we're here to not make you a virgin anymore. <laughs> that's one way to put it. And she was basically like, you can, I mean, like, whatever violence you perpetrate against me doesn't affect my spiritual self at all. So, you know. Yeah. I, like, I've been here before, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, I fucking... Jumped in a vat of seals like you have nothing that can scare me. (laughs) And so basically these fellows are invading her home. They take her by main force. They laid hold on her and would have raped her, it says. But? Then she, with the greatest mildness, said to them, young men. This is when she's very old, by the way. She's in her 60s now. She's in her 60s. Not very old. It's not very old to be in your 60s. But It was back then. It was back then. And anyway, just a heads up. I respect all of our 60-plus listeners out there. (laughs) Don't be ageist. This is not an ageist podcast. She said with the greatest mildness, Young men, have patience and see the glory of the Lord. And while they held her, she looked up to heaven and said, O God, most reverend, to whom none can be likened, who makes himself glorious over your enemies, who delivered me from the fire and did not give me up to Thamiris or give me up to Alexander, who delivered me from the wild beasts, who did preserve me in the deep waters, who have been everywhere my helper and have glorified your name in me, now also deliver me from the hands of these wicked and unreasonable men. Whoa. Nor suffer them to debauch my chastity, which I have always preserved for your honor. For I love you and long for you and worship you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, forevermore. Amen. And what God does. God. What does God do? I'm hanging on the edge of my seat here, baby. So in her mountain retreat, um... Part of her home is just a large stone set into the mountain. Okay. God reaches down and splits that stone wide open into a door. Okay. And she, while she's praying, the, the rakish fellows are so entranced by her prayer, she just steps away, walks into the stone, uh-huh. into the living stone, uh-huh. which closes behind her. Oh, okay. So, and, and that's the end of the story. And that's the end of the story. When I was doing research, I like saw that... It like the stuff that I read was like, oh, there's like additional stories about Thecla that mm. weren't in this actual text, um, including one where she just like stepped into the stone and that was the end of her life. That's this one. Interesting. Wow. I also read. Well, like, oh, so I had never heard of Thecla. Nor have I. Um, But she was apparently an extremely popular saint for centuries. Mm. Like. Through through the Middle Ages. And there's lots of like medieval art depicting her like at the window listening to Paul. That makes sense because you got to give those ladies something to work for. Yeah. You know, like, yes, what the fuck is the point if you're just going to listen to Paul? There were all these shrines and pilgrimage sites like all over the Roman Empire. Um, And in some places, Thecla, it was like. You know, like the Trinity and then like next rung down Thecla and the Virgin Mary. Mm. Um, And. I found out that she's still she's still a Catholic saint. She has a feast day. Really? This, yeah. This the, and this woman. Yes. Not just Thecla. some other Thecla. No, this this Thecla. Um, she's much less popular now, but there's still 
you know, a few a few places that do a big festival for her every year. It's in September. Um, and I also read, this was my favorite thing, that in some Spanish-speaking places, she's sometimes considered the patron saint of computers because her name is Tecla, which is Spanish for key, like computer keyboard. Oh, Santa Tecla. Yeah, Santa Tecla. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, what do you think of this uh, crazy apocryphal book? I got to say, um, I love these crazy miracle literatures. Mm-hmm. They are high-quality folk tales. Um, well, some of them higher quality than others. This one was really good, though. Pretty good. It had magic. It had danger. It had a lot of sublimated sexuality yes and you know this would really get my motor going if i were an early (laughs) christian i um i mean okay so like nothing written in the year 200 Mm -hmm. is gonna like line up with you know modern feminism but i think there are some notable feminist elements here okay that i really like um i really like the sisterhood element of it where like all the women in the crowd are like cheering for Thecla and like even the lionesses don't attack her and mm-hmm. they like protect her because they're female. Um, it's sort of about a woman who is like fighting for her own autonomy. For, for the ability to control her body. Yeah. I mean, she's she's doing it to be a, a quote slave to God, she <laughs> says over and over. Uh-huh. So it's not really like, you know for like self-determination or whatever but it is about her right to like reject the social norms that demand she gets married sure. and and to basically have a career where she's a leader and an authority figure mm-hmm. um it's not really framed as a career but it, it is, is like yeah i mean it is and it's it's like a religious calling which is i mean and paul is basically saying to her like why would i bring you into my organization you know you're just going to get pregnant and then like yeah. I'll have to train someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And she's like She's like, that's not gonna happen to me. She's like, that's like, not my deal. Yeah. Um most of all, I think it's really cool that she baptizes herself. Mm. Um You can see why the early church people would be like, nope, 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 nope. Right. Nope, nope. So clearly, I mean, clearly this was a big deal to the people hearing it. Because like real people used this story to justify real women performing baptisms. Mm. And having authority in the church mm. um, to the point that Tertullian, the big, turtle man, big turt. had to shut it down. So that's like, I mean, that's like a feminist bona fide right there. Yeah. That like it let women gain power in real life and like be equal to men. And that makes Christianity, I feel like, m- much more powerful to people at that time if if a woman could baptize themselves because of their love of Christ. Yeah. Like that is a powerful thing. Yeah. Like you don't have to be owned. You don't have to have a husband. You don't have to have a, well, he, she did have a man like explain it to her. <laughs> yeah. And, and she was like extremely sexually fixated on the man. Actually. Okay. So the sex stuff is the weird part. I don't really get it. I'm really curious about how the people who came up with these stories, mm-hmm. Like, why did they make her, like, sexually attracted to Paul? Like, why did they have her devote herself to God by making her fall in love with Paul? Why not just make her, you know, enraptured with Jesus and, you know, like, that's what she's like from the beginning. She's just all about Jesus and she's not, like, kissing Paul and rolling around where he sat and, like, doing, like, really obviously sexual stuff, you know? My my only guess is that it makes a better story this way. It also makes a more relatable story. So people don't generally, in the course of life, have some sort of massive revelation that leads them to a spiritual climax, uh, like all, so of a, speak. all of a sudden, you know, well, and just like massively yeah. change their life. But they will do very stupid things to try to get laid. <laughs> and I assume... That that is a constant in human history. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> the the hierarchy of human motivations is like, number one, food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number two, sex. Numbers three through 11, I don't know. And then like number like 
I don't know, 20 is God. <laughs> so maybe that's just an easier way to like set up somebody's motivation. <laughs> I mean, I think it might be a literary trick, you know, to associate the 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 urge for, you know, completion in Jesus with some sort of sexual urge. Yeah, it's interesting. It does it seems like very it kind of seems like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Very much so. Like Oh, she's a virgin and it's she's especially, extremely pure, but... Like, it's especially insane because this is all about, like, purity. Yeah. And, and like, chastity. It's weird that a story that's so focused on purity and chastity is also, like, so sexual. Now, when you say that, is that weird? No. I think that's exactly how it works. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's always how it works. I guess you're right. I mean, it does seem very... Like, it's very realistic and, like, literary in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's not at all biblical <laughs> you know no but that's what makes it good to be yeah. honest and i mean maybe that was part of why it was so powerful and why people could actually use it in such a a real way to give women authority i don't know i i'm really impressed by this text that like it is actually like the text that the church didn't want you to read mm-hmm. you know that's that's super cool to me and and it's crazy that we've lost that how do you mean i mean it's not crazy because obviously that's the kind of thing that that the church wants to suppress but just that that it was like that there was a point around the year 200 mm-hmm. where this was a really popular text where people all over the Roman Empire in multiple different countries loved Thecla and that I had never even heard of her. Mm-hmm. You know? The church uh, succeeded in their suppression. They did. Until we... Cracked open that vault under mm-hmm. Mount Religion. Mm-hmm. In Mount Religion, Utah. <laughs> Zip code 00000. Anyway... I felt like that was pretty much rating the book. Let's let's toss a let's toss a rating on. Yeah, top. let's toss a rating on it. I'm gonna give it eight out of nine lionesses licking Thecla's feet. Okay. Very um, specific. Yeah. Uh, and well, I've basically already explained why. So that's my explanation. Nice. I'm going to give it, I think, like 10 out of 13 sea calves. Sea calves. Yeah, it's it's good, but it's kind of gross, too. It's kind of gross, but I just feel like the real world impact that it had in actually empowering women in a very literal way mm. makes up for the grossness. Yeah, that's I mean, it's a pretty amazing piece of work if like this caused women out there in the roman empire to start like baptizing themselves and baptizing other women and being like hey fuck your husband yeah yeah (laughs) he doesn't own you yeah that i mean it's pretty incredible that's really cool the fact that her like sexual urge was like sublimated into like some sort of sexual urge for yeah christ is very strange it's weird but interesting in a literary sense it's weird but it's interesting Mm -hmm. anyway top-notch book you might want to hunt this one down and give it a read for yourself it's a quick read if you're interested in bible shit and um, you're probably on a computer listening to this right now and she's the patron saint of computers so yeah santa tecla santa tecla should we take a take a crack at that mailbag yeah let's crack that mailbag our listener connie wrote in to ask us to curse her cat bovril Bovril. For the following reasons. Knocking over a trash can and pulling out pork bones to chew on in the middle of the night. Wow. For jumping in the fridge while I'm not looking. You have the fridge open while you're not looking? And chowing down on the leftover chicken with no remorse. Wow. For pulling black and white cookies out of the package and eating only the white icing. Oh my god. Your cat knows what he likes. <laughs> uh, we also got a letter from Amber who wrote in from... Kelowna, B.C., Canada, parentheses, wine country. Or possibly Kelowna. I don't know. We are also close to wine country uh, because we live in San Francisco, just south of Napa. 
So she was raised uh, going to church and youth group and volunteered and taught Sunday school and was in the worship band, went on youth retreats and attended Christian school from grade 7 through 12. Girl, that's a lot. Uh, and then she sort of slowly realized that I'd been brainwashed by my very well-meaning and loving parents, which was a truly wild conclusion to come to at age 20 or so. That is not my experience, but I've heard that from a lot of ex-Christians, mm. it, that it's so weird how like your parents can be totally well-meaning and loving and yet have subjected you to this like very terrible thing. Well, one thing she also mentioned in her letter was that she felt it was strange and cult-like that everybody sang all the time. Yeah, but I want to singing say, is the best part of church. So I want to say, yeah, it's not it's not strange and cult-like. Like you can. I mean, it is, but it's also the best part of church. Well, I mean, it's it's not though. I mean, like everybody sings. Literally in the history of time, every group of people gets together and sings. Yeah, that's what people do. People sing. Yeah, that's true. So it's not. It's I will forgive you. Forgive your childhood. This. Getting together with other people and singing is not bad. Unless you're singing, well, unless you're singing weird stuff. I mean, you're kind of singing weird stuff if you're in the worship band. I can attest to that personally. Okay. Well, I In say- fact, actually, it's appropriate for this episode because, like, a lot of the, like, youth group worship band music is, you know, it's like Christian rock. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, takes the... the um, conventions of rock sure. music where you like sing to a, a beloved and it just replaces the beloved with jesus so it's like oh and a tradition including rumi let's say <laughs> or uh yep rumi was the original rocker um no but it's you know it's like all about like i love you jesus it's it, it's if, all about i love you jesus yeah i mean that's not that surprising well if you take about if you you could take any rock song and just like add in Jesus and that's what Christian rock is like the love for Jesus is conceived of as like a romantic love as yeah, portrayed. No, I understand. Like Rumi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. You know, you know, getting together and singing itself. Totally normal. These particular songs that she probably sang. I can attest they were probably some of the same song, same songs I sang. And they're probably kind of weird. I'm just saying don't blame it on singing. I mean, that is still, I would still rather sing the stupidest Christian rock songs than like listen to a sermon. Mm. Uh, In any case, she also sent us a horse named President Nixon to curse for breaking her wrist. Now, when you name a horse President Nixon, you are setting yourself up to hate that horse. (laughs) Like in what other in what other universe? Like he, the architect of the Southern strategy. He, he betrayed the trust of the American people. He betrayed the American people and he betrayed Amber by breaking her wrist. Uh, but she also sent us what I believe is a leopard gecko named Joe to bless because he is, quote, a soft, smiley, smoochy boy. I checked the photo and it's true. So to you, Bovril and President Nixon. Especially President Nixon. The horse, not the human. And the human. Um, rest in peace. Upon you, unhappy ones, many evils and great punishment will come because you have unjustly shed the blood of the righteous not many days ago. Not many days ago. It's true. And to Joe the Gecko, Father of Christ, do not allow the fire to touch Joe, but be present with him because he is yours. And that will wrap it up for our episode on the Acts of Paul and Thecla. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter and hear all the latest Bible news, there's news cracking every day on this fresh old Bible. You can follow us at Sun School Drop. Same thing on Facebook or just search for Sunday School Dropouts. You can follow Lauren on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. And you can follow Nico on SoundCloud, just soundcloud.com slash Nico Bakulich. N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. Uh, if you want to, you could, um, I don't know, maybe review us on iTunes. Give us a little five stars. Uh, like uh, Dr. Ellis Griff, who said we are a source of delightful cocktail party convo starters. Or like Madman8955, who said we are hilarious, thoughtful, and adorable. Or like Katie did, who gave us five out of five nasty fig boys and you know i also uh got our canadian listener peter to send me our canadian reviews mm-hmm. uh there's seven of those which brings our total to 78 reviews 
And I think there's like about that many in the UK too. So I think we only need like 15 more reviews to force you onto iTunes mm. or force you onto Twitter. Excuse me. Um, our Canadian iTunes reviews include Epic Raptor, who gave us 420 out of 420 Sunday School Dropout reviews. Nice. Meta. Sweet. Also, Alex Joseph Suarez, who said we are a diamond in the rough. Like Aladdin, baby. Like Aladdin. Just when you were a little girl, how much uh -huh. of your life did you wish was like Aladdin? <sighs> you know, that's hard to say. I think that Aladdin was like a difficult one. I mean, it's hard when you're like a girl mm. because Aladdin is a male focused movie. That's very true. You know, and like the, the girl is just like stuck in the castle and has to obey her father and shit. Um, so I was a little more concerned with like the little mermaid or like, uh, of course by Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> It's a little, that's a little filmmaker joke for you. Okay. Anyway, that'll be the end of the show for tonight. Uh, thank you to Elise Carlton for our logo. And thank you to Nico for our engineering and music. And that is all. And we'll see you on Sunday. Goodbye. We'll see you on Sunday. Bye.